Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everybody. This is the Tomahawk Take Podcast. Today, you're stuck with me, Alan Carpenter, behind the mic as Jake Bastriani is out today. I do have my other cohort here, senior writer Fred Owen, so together we'll see if we can get through this. How you doing, Fred? Well, I got up this morning and I'm still up, so it's a good day. <laughs> Sounds good. we got a few topics to, to go through today, a uh, little bit of Braves news. I want to still talk about this trade deadline a little bit and maybe some playoff matchups and then what in the world we're doing with guys that aren't performing well, like uh, maybe uh, Andrew Inciarte. We'll, we'll see if, uh, what we get into on, on all that here in a little bit. But first off, a little bit of news. We uh, have seen the release of Matt Adams, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. I, I really liked him. I liked the fact that uh, he would get off get off the bench and still give you a good at-bat without any complaint. He'd really give you a, a, a good try there. But he just hasn't had the at-bats lately, particularly when he got a ball foul off his knee. So uh, he's he's been the first victim of a uh, roster shuffle here in the last few days. Victor Vodnik was added to the taxi squad the, uh, at the alternate training site. It, I still think it's kind of comical that here on September 3rd, the date that we're getting this uh, recorded, that we see a, a note in the transaction log for the Braves that's Victor Vodnik was invited to spring training. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of bizarre, but uh, that, that's what we got. Uh, Fred, what do you think uh, on all these things? Well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for Matt Adams. I like Matt Adams a lot. He needs the at-bats. When he was with the Nationals last year, they made sure they gave him plenty of at-bats, so he stayed sharp. But he never got sharp this year. He did win the one game for us with the walk-off. But when he fouled that ball off his knee, I was almost certain he was gone because that was going to be a week to ten days on the downtime and yeah. not hardly time to get back in line. And Vodnik, I'm, you know, I don't know why they invited him to Camp Granada. The, uh, <laughs> The I guess if they may need more pitchers down there for just arms, or maybe he was the only one close enough to come uh, without flying through 16 uh, checkpoints or something. I don't know how they're actually running that. I don't know whether they've got everybody there, and then there's a bunch of people across town that they can they yell at and add them real in a hurry or what. It just seems like it's a very odd setup altogether. But, uh, yeah, Vodnik uh, reliever, basically, um, hard-throwing reliever. Uh, and I liked it when they drafted him, but I haven't heard much from him since. But uh, good for him. You know, I if if I were to make any recommendations to the Fox broadcast team, I'd I'd tell those guys that are are sideline reporters, Paul Bird especially. While you guys aren't doing too much over there in Atlanta, why don't you wander up to Gwinnett and ask a few questions, ask a, a, for a few interviews, see what's going on, and let They're us not know. Not allowed in. Well, there's got to be some way to do that, even if it's, it has to be done via Zoom meetings or something like that. But uh, it, it'd be nice to at least have some sort of information about what's going on. The fans really want to know. I mean, is Sean Newcomb getting better? Is Mike Fultonevich getting better? Kyle Wright, uh, all these guys. Uh, are, is there any hope coming from the from them for the month of September? And and that's that's the gotcha is that we just don't know because they aren't being allowed in. And I would love to see these guys sort of, I don't know, be journalists a little bit more and, and sort of press the issue and see if they can uh, unearth some, some info for us. That'd be good. Apparently they're playing games up there of some kind, of some shape or form. Uh, right. One wonders that if, as they, if since they didn't get that bench bet that uh, Alex Anthopoulos said they were definitely looking for. <clears throat> At the deadline, <laughs> I wonder if they bring Bryce Ball up for that. That'd be an interesting possibility, sure. Or, uh, or uh, I Scott Shebler, of course, but he's been down there and they haven't talked about him like he isn't still live or something. But it seems to me if you need a bench bat and you've got a left-handed guy in the, down there who hit 30 home runs two years ago, you might give him a shot. 
and we've talked about that a couple of times here and there, especially you have, and, and yet they haven't done anything with Shebler. It's like he's been put in solitary confinement or something. I, I feel for the guy because he looked like he was going to get a shot at least, and yet he's had exactly one A-B uh, so far this season, and, and that's hard to imagine that, that they do that to him. But, I mean, that's perhaps also why Pete O'Brien decided uh, just to go ahead and say goodbye because he didn't see a way to get a, uh, any at-bats at a major league level at all for him. So I don't think O'Brien's got my, I mean, you know, O'Brien was one of these guys who was always always on the going to be list. He's going to be good next year. He's going to be able to do this. He's going to be able to catch. Or he's going to be able to. And he never was quite past the going to be list. And yeah. it strikes me as a 4A player at the best. Uh, you know, but Shepler's a major leaguer. He hit 30 home runs a couple of years ago. Uh, and if you've got, uh, oh, they changed pitches in Boston. If, if they've got, uh, they got Shepler down there and they claim they need a bench bet. What are you waiting on? I suppose we should explain what that comment meant. We're watching sort of in the, off the side here, this Red Sox-Blue Jays game on Thursday. And uh, it was kind of interesting because Taiwan Walker starting for the, the Blue Jays. He's, he's doing very well. He's given up one run. He's gotten through six innings. And uh, he's getting he's only given up uh, six hits. So that's great, except for a little detail that Martin Perez has given up a no-no so far through six. And now they've changed pitchers uh, going into the seventh, I guess, right? Six and two thirds. They brought put in today because two men. The Red Sox have two on and uh, a couple out in the uh, in the in the sixth, and uh, they brought in Anthony K to pitch. But it was just it was just interesting. Place so Walker's out there and then Walker just left. Yeah, yeah. My my ESP GameCast failed to update for me. Well, we, we sort of hinted at the trade deadline already. Let's go ahead and, uh, and, and get to that because I did not like what I, you know, if anybody read my piece on Monday, I definitely, or Tuesday rather, I guess, uh, I made my, my feelings pretty clear that I did not like what happened at the trade deadline. So I'm going to defer to, to you, Fred, real quick, uh, to, to get started because I, yeah, since since I'm already on the record, I'll, I'll follow up in a bit. But I want to hear what you have to say on that subject. Well, uh, I wasn't happy with it either. I was terribly disappointed. But uh, you know, and all the day I was spitting nails. But as I read more about what was going on and listen to um, uh, other people uh, who are in and around it, the word that I heard was that they that the Rangers wanted two from. Pache, Waters, um, uh, Ian Anderson, um, Mike Soroka, or Austin Riley, and I'm sorry, no. Yeah. I, in that, fact, I'm not even giving them. I'm not even giving them Drew Waters for one year of Lance Lynn, and, because Lance Lynn's going to be a 34 year old pitcher, and I'm going to have six years of Waters. Uh, I, I, w- I would have given him up for Clevenger, but I, I would not give him up for Lance Lynn. And when John Daniels did an interview. I listened to the whole interview, and he didn't sound – he said, well, nobody offered me anything very good. But I'm really pretty certain people did. The Dodgers backed off quickly when they talked to him. Uh, the the other teams that could have been in, the Yankees contacted him and left. Uh, the Braves didn't make any deal with him. He didn't trade anybody but Mike Miner, who he virtually gave away anyway. I don't think Daniels wanted to trade Lynn unless he got a Clevenger-sized return for him. And frankly, he's not worth that. He's worth no. a couple of pitchers. You know, you give him a couple of pitchers. You could give him a a couple of guys that are fighting for what's left of the spot now, and and maybe another prospect. But you're not going to give up a, a prospect like Waters or Pache, and you're certainly not giving up Riley when he's just certainly since I started bad mouthing him, killing the ball. I should have maybe done that sooner in the summer. Keep it uh, up. <laughs> well, early in the summer, I was sure he was going to make it. If you remember, I told told you he was going to hold the bottom of that lineup together, and then he didn't. And then as soon as I started badmouthing him, he's now hitting like 400, uh, and, and bless him for that. Um, but the people they wanted, two of, uh, you might have gotten down to one plus a couple of pitchers. But even then, one year and one month of Lance Lynn isn't worth that. Uh, and. Yeah, and I, I gotta say, yes, Lance Lynn is having a better year than Mike Clevenger. That is true. And he's playing for the Texas Rangers. 
good luck on them for that. Yeah, he's your team MVP. By the way, uh, Mr. Daniels, uh, your team kind of sucks right now, and you really needed to get something for him, but you didn't need to shoot for the moon here. I mean, the Texas Rangers right now are not in the hunt. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're third um, from the bottom in the American League. They're 10 below I, 500. Lynn got, Lynn got his back end handed to him today by the Astros. I mean, still, Daniels should have taken his best asset and turned it into uh, something useful. And by playing hardball with everybody, he got nothing. Yeah, uh, I, I think that might cost him his job this winter. I, well, I, I, probably should, yeah. Just down here. Uh, now, Clevenger side. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to flip over to Clevenger, so go ahead. Well, um, the Clevenger deal was pretty straightforward. They wanted a bat for their lineup. Okay, so let's say we give them Drew Waters, um, and we give them Brian Sh- uh, Brandon Sh- Brendan Shoemake and Graffinino and um, maybe, maybe even Scott Schebler. Yeah, uh, uh, and yeah. and Scott Schebler. And maybe a bullpen guy, but who do they have that's a major league bat they can stick in the lineup? Who's going to do what Naylor did, which is in his first game get two hits and drive in a run, score two. Now that that's the gotcha here. Uh, the Indians needed somebody for now, and the only guy we could have perhaps given him for a now bat would have been Duvall, and I'm not sure that anybody really was eager to do that. No, they don't want to give him Duvall, and the, the other problem with that is because you could give him Shubler. Um, but you don't know if Chubler's going to hit, and that was going to be their point. Look, he's a, he's, he has no value to me because I don't know what he can do. And I can take your word for it or I can't. And the bottom, and the bottom line was they took the seven, nine, and 11 prospects from, from the, uh, Padres and they fell into their lineup at five, fell into their prospect list at five, fifteen, and 19. Uh, Arias is a, has a 60 grade defense and a 55 grade arm and they think he'll hit. And uh, the there was a post today about the pitcher they brought up, Joey Cantillo, or they they got, and they uh, this guy said that Cantillo was the best prospect they got as a left-handed pitcher, throws 96 miles an hour, um, and uh, strikes out a lot of people. And they put they put Cal Quantrill in the bullpen, two 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 uh, perfect innings his first game, uh, the and they, <laughs> you know. They've got Taylor out there and two hits and two runs, a hit and two runs and, and an RBI in his first game. And Naylor's not a good outfielder. I know that. But at the same time, you, he was the guy that he replaces hitting 160. Okay. So we could not, we were not a match for them. We weren't for the outfield really, but at the same time, I'm looking at the whole package and I'm seeing no top 100 prospects involved for a guy who's the top of the line pitcher in, in Clevenger. I, I think that's unconscionable by by Cleveland. They had to have gotten at least one top 100 kind of guy. Waters well, would the, have done that oh, for yeah, I, I agree with you normally in the wintertime. Now, I think if this had been a November deal, I think we could have got him because they didn't. They would not then have needed the bat now. They would have been looking to next year. They could have traded for players from us and then flipped somebody for that bat or signed a free agent bat for next year. But they needed it now because they still think they can win the Central, and I don't know that they're wrong. And if they can win the Central without Clevenger, uh, then they've they've justified the deal. On top of that, I heard O'Dowd say he thinks all three of those guys they arrange are going to be uh, good major league players for a while. Not stars, but good major league players. And if that's true, they've got three good major league players for the future and three now, and the second-best uh, defensive catcher in baseball now. They did okay. If he's if he's right, then yeah, I'd agree with you. I but when you get guys who aren't in the top 100, then what you're looking at is guys who have a high risk of being somewhere between a bust and a 4A kind of guy. And I, if that's the case, then they lose the trade. And it was if just they for win, a, if they if they win deal. the if, if they win the central this year and get to the, get to the postseason and go more than three games, they've won the trade. I, I still think that they could have done a lot better. I'm not sure if they could have done a lot better for the Braves, but I, I think they should have at least gotten somebody better out of San Diego. you you got to have at least one guy who's going to be the star. And, I, would have, and I would have thought they could have pulled one of those outfielders that San Diego's got laying around. Uh, I mean, I don't know why they did I would think so, yes. Uh, or a catcher. 
Well, they took, they took hedges from them. Uh, okay, yeah, they did that. But, uh, I mean, shoot, uh, Preller was stocking catchers there for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think he had uh, well, four he of them. he had to move catchers, but I think Mejia's available, too, because they, they brought in, like, three. Yeah, I don't know. I still think that Alex Anthopoulos should have done more, could have done more, and could have beaten the the deal. Uh, now, granted, it's it takes two to tango. Cleveland might have said, but it doesn't help us now. So no. But uh, I got to think that uh, uh, there was a way to make that happen. And I I just keep looking at these these op these chances to get a top of line rotation kind of guy. And the Braves keep falling short because they seem to draw a line in the sand, and that's about it. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree you, with that. You had mentioned uh, a Wheeler some yep. recent days ago uh, that the Braves let him go to Philadelphia and could have had him. I I'm, wasn't as high on him as as perhaps you are, but at the same time, he's another example of a guy that got away that that could develop into a uh, top of the line guy. So well, I think that I yeah. no, like I think I the only time this is the only time I can remember agreeing with Schultz, but but <laughs> when Schultz said this has happened twice in a row, now it's a pattern. They they failed to get a guy before 2019 when they could have. They said, well, we'll live with what we got, but then they signed Donaldson and they quit, and then they said, oh my God, this is a mess, and they 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 begged Dallas Keuchel not to sign with anybody else, and what they got was. Uh, half a Dallas Keuchel, yes. and and they they did this. Then they turn around and they do the same thing this year. There were pitchers out there. Uh, Wheeler was a good example of that. And, and you know they didn't want to give Wheeler five years and a hundred million, but and and I understand that. And and but the point is, it's just a pattern now where he does that. He's he said the same thing every year. Well, you know. They wanted these really expensive prospects, and we didn't think these guys were that ex- that well, and were that good. And I and I do agree with him that you know you can't give them all away, but surely, surely there's somebody out there that wants Drew Walter or Drew Waters and will give you a good pitcher for him. And and the, even if it's, I mean, when he looked around and realized that in spring training Hamels was hurt, and he might need somebody else. He 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 resurrects King Felix. With all best respects to King Felix, he was washed up last year. Yes. And he was never going to be good this year. And it's Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid, but he's still spending money. He gave uh, Hamels a lot of money. He gave J.D. money. He gave Ozuna money. So it's not money. It's a philosophy that we're not going to add any pitchers to build around the rotation, and that's not what you're doing. You're actually putting a, bra- putting a, a support under the kids by putting that veteran in there, like a Wheeler, uh, or you know somebody like that, who you stick in there, and you can say to the kids, "Look, just pitch. This guy's going to be here every fifth day. He's going to give us six innings. He's going to strike out ten guys, and you guys can go on and have your little fun." But he and, hasn't done that. And I keep coming back to this thought that he's got. He may have this fear of doing the wrong thing. Everybody says there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. Okay, fine. Get I get that, but. You're spending that's if you're going to spend 18 million on a Cole Hamels and spend 18 million on a Ozuna, and you're not going to spend a 20 or 22 or whatever it is on on a guy like Wheeler or better. What you're you're going to have to spend that money again the next year and the next year after that because you're you're continuing to do these one year big deals. Exactly. Why not? Right. Why not go ahead and spend the money for a longer term deal, which is probably going to have a little bit lower AAV, because you know players want the security, right? So give them the security, take a little of the money back, as long as you get. I mean, the, the, here here's the rub: you got to know you're getting the right guy. But so far, we haven't uh, seen any of these really good pitchers be the wrong guy either. Well, the thing about this is if you get the guy and then all of a sudden Wright and Toussaint and, and Reed, uh, Freed and Soroka and Anderson are un, unbeatable, trade the other guy. And you're still better off. Yes, and you're still better off. Well, and the other thing that really frosted me was he stands on Monday and says, we're going to replace, we're, we're going to stiffen the bench, we're looking for a bench bat, and we're going to prop up a position player, which we all know was Camargo at second base. 
and mm-hmm. he didn't do that either. No. And there were in my post that's up tomorrow. I name the players that were the outfield players that were given away for players to be named later. And also, by the way, the Dodgers traded Ross Stripling to the to the Blue Jays for a kit for a pitcher in a ball, a good pitcher in a ball, but still a single pitcher in a ball. Uh, and Stripling isn't a top of the rotation guy, but your Dodger connection should have gotten you that pitcher. Absolutely. You, you, you had a, a big dichotomy between the expensive guys at the trade deadline and the guys who are dirt cheap. There was almost nothing in between. It, it, it's kind of crazy how that uh, came out. But, uh, but yeah, you could have had some, some sort of serviceable pitchers. You could have had a, definitely uh, some ad additions to the bench or, or support for second base. I still like your Donovan Solano uh, idea. I don't know if the Giants would be get, willing to give him up given that they're almost in the playoffs. But it, it's a guy like that that, you, that you'd like to be able to get and could have gotten. So it, you're right. It's a pattern of inaction. And I'd like, uh, in my piece on Tuesday, I likened it to the idea of buying a big, expensive piece of artwork. Yes, you're going to spend your prospects when when you make a trade like this. You're going to spend your millions of dollars when you buy such a piece of artwork. But you don't really lose that. You've still got the asset that you've obtained, and, and there's value in that. So don't. Don't be afraid of losing the prospects and getting nothing. You're getting something out of these things. And and the asset is supposed to be better to make your team better because right now the status quo that you're in is not good. It's not tenable. It's As Brian Snicker said last week, it's not sustainable what we have going in the rotation right now. So they they needed to do something and didn't, and that's that's the big concern and, here. And Brian right, Snicker's not happy about that. Brian no. Dicker is not happy about that. His comment was, we'll just have to go out there and keep doing what we're doing and, and f- to find a way to win. But he knows that not doing something and throwing Tommy Malone out there, I'm sorry, uh, Tommy Malone, these guys are so analytics great. Why didn't they see that there's absolutely no difference between what Tommy Malone did last year and what he's doing this year? There's nothing to indicate why he, he increased his his put away with his fastball and put away with his changeup by 75%. He's throwing the same speed in the same locations with the same break and the same drop. Actually, he's throwing a little slower. And there's the only reason that he's he's getting away with it is that the, the bats weren't ready early in the season, but they were still hitting home runs off from the tune of one a game. And to throwing Tommy Malone out there and saying he's an answer is a mistake. And I don't know why they uh, latched onto him so early. Uh, they could have had Taiwan uh, for the same price. Yeah, I well, mean, they gave they gave really. Taiwan Walker basically a warm body. They gave the Mariners basically a warm body for Taiwan Walker, and mm-hmm. Taiwan Walker has so far gone eleven and two thirds inning and, and given up one run. Yeah. And, by the way, the know, Blue Jays. By the way, the Blue Jays got two hits in the seventh. But okay. Yeah, I quit watching <laughs> it because I was going to. That would have distracted me. But the <laughs> the uh, but my point about Walker is this. Not a number one, not a number two, and maybe not a number three. But he goes six innings every game. And in those six innings, he doesn't give away more than a couple of runs. And this and lineup's going to score three or four runs as long as you don't give away ten or eight of the ten runs that you, you score in the second inning. And that's what we needed is that kind of assurance that you'd be able to get to the bullpen without uh, went the really crippling direction. yourself. You think, you think the guy in Baltimore has, like, pictures of of him rooting for rooting for the blue jays still or something because because he's made that deal he's gone to that well twice now yeah did it well, at least he didn't go back and get gosman back so well i was scared he was going to go get alex cobb yeah that was a possibility too i suppose but uh uh i mean i don't know how the orioles were doing it for the first half season i guess it was partly their schedule but uh they, well, they were managing they- to win a few games yeah, uh, it, it was just I, all the data is in the post for tomorrow um, about about Malone. And, you know, I, when I wrote it up the first time when I said he was on board and I said in the post, there's nothing here to indicate he's doing this with anything other than smoke and mirrors. And it came because of the Phillies who have a lineup that can beat you to death and through batting practice. And they beat him to death. Yep.
Well, let's move to the the playoff discussion because we could uh, beat this to death (laughs) incessantly. There's no doubt about that. So right now in the National League, as we sit today, the Atlanta Braves are the number two seed in the NL. Number two behind the Dodgers. Dodgers have a healthy lead there, about five games in front of the Braves. And the the number three seed is going to be the Chicago Cubs because they lead the division. Uh, San Diego Padres, who actually have the third best record, uh, will be the fourth seed. Those top four teams get to pick their opponents, I I believe was the idea behind this new playoff scheme. My belief is that the Dodgers would pick the uh, the Colorado Rockies, who are currently the eighth seed at, at 18 and 19. The Padres would probably be left playing the Philadelphia Phillies, which would be a very entertaining series. I gotta admit uh, that that I would watch. <laughs> Uh, which leaves the Braves to decide between the Cardinals and the Marlins, both uh, 500 clubs right now. In their last 10 games, the Marlins are 5-5. Five and five. In their last 10 games, the uh, the Cardinals are 4-6. and six. So they're both kind of treading water right now. But um, the question I've got for you, Fred, is which one of those would you pick? Well, I tell you what, the devil's in the details of this, but I think I'd do what the Dodgers are going to do. They're going to take the team from their division that they've played and they know best. And uh, that's why, as you say, the Dodgers are going to take the Rockies, the Giants, whoever comes in at that last place. And yeah. that I would let the Cubs and Cardinals beat their each beat each other's brains out. And I'd hope that I didn't run into Sixto Sanchez but one time. Yeah. Now, of course, the, the thing that I've been afraid about the Marlins on is they're pitching altogether. Uh, they're not scoring a lot of runs. They're of of all these teams, other than the Rockies. They're the one club that has a negative run differential right now. They're they're eleven to the uh, the red side. The Dodgers, by contrast, are ninety four ahead. <laughs> That's yeah. just a crazy number. But um, uh, so the, the Marlins don't have a lot of offense. But then again, that's why they went out and got uh, Starling Marte which should certainly improve their their lot a bit. So they have improved themselves. They were buyers at the deadline. Oh, don't want to open that can again. But I am a little concerned about their pitching. They they will continue to uh get the the Braves number in in a lot of ways. Uh so my my suspicion is that uh they're going to be a little tough. Then again, the Cardinals, Wayne Wright's pitching better. Jack uh Flaherty is actually not pitching as well this year. But the the Cardinals are kind of hanging around, and I don't know that I want to face them in the postseason either. So it's not really a good situation for either one of them. But I definitely don't want to face the Phillies right now, and it's it may be about to whoever's hot or not at the time uh, when we get around to it. Braves still have a few games left against the Marlins, so we can see how it goes uh, against them then. But that's uh, kind of an interesting matchup there now. The only thing that's going to make a difference here is that the Cardinals and the Marlins have all these doubleheaders to play. I mean, the Cardinals play every day between now and the end of the season. That's going to wear on their pitching staff. I don't think the the Marlins play every day, but I think they play almost every day till the end of the season, and that's going to wear them down too. The only thing I the only thing I say about playing the Marlins over the Cardinals is the we know these people. Yes. And by then we'll know them really well because we'll have played them eight times or something between now and then, and we should know them really, really well by that time. So going out to play them, it would give us an advantage that we wouldn't have if we faced the card. And that's actually something that's kind of crazy – uh, aspect of this year is the fact that you don't see the Cardinals at all. Uh, and, you know, since you're staying within division. So while we'll play the, the Marlins 10 times, we're only going to see the Cardinals zero. And that, that, you know, familiarity may help. Uh, there's no doubt. The Marlins at this point have uh, played 32 games. The Braves are at 36. So the Marlins got four to make up there. The, the Cardinals have only played 28. So you're right. They're, they're going to kill down the stretch and, and, and probably be really fatigued. So that, that may play into it as well. We'll have to see how it goes overall. It depends who's on the injured list too. I mean, you know, you could go out there and, and Wayno could, could pull a hamstring or, or, you know, Flaherty could fall off the mound. It's, you know, you have to look at it as today. Yeah, but uh, and looking at it today, I'm going to ride the Marlins uh, and and uh, and see if I can beat the beat the horse I see all the time. 
And if I can't beat them, what am I doing? I mean, yeah. you know. And the other thing is I don't want to lose the Cardinals two years in a row. <laughs> There's that, too. Now, there are a couple other teams that are sort of hanging around uh, in the lobby. Uh, the Giants are about a half game back. The Milwaukee Brewers are tied with the Giants, at least in terms of record, are a couple percentage points behind. And the New York Mets are a game behind both of those, uh, along with the Reds, another uh, half game behind them. All of those teams are no better than six and four, no worse than five and five in their last ten games. So we're kind of watching to see if one of those or a couple of those teams emerge. And all it takes is about a week. After all, in the last ten days, the Phillies have gone nine and one, and the Washington Nationals have gone one and nine, lost six yeah. in a row. Exactly. Yeah. I I I think I don't think the Mets can do it because I don't think their pitching is good enough. Um, the Brewers, I don't know what uh, um, he, he's doing up there, but, boy, he sure makes those uh, pitchers do things I never heard of, and people are getting hits. I don't think they come back either. The Twins just did a pretty good number on them. And, and I just, you know, yeah. um, I just I like Craig Council. What, I don't know how he's doing all that up there, bless him, but, uh, for doing it. But um, And that's putting the, put the string to, uh, team together with chew, chewing gum and bailing wire. <laughs> and and it, they do it pretty well because he's been in the postseason an awful lot, uh, but uh, you know, uh, I I think I don't even think the Giants belong in this conversation. They keep hanging around because nobody's told them they can't win. Uh, but uh, I mean, the Giants and Rockies. This is going to be one of these things. Hey, we got three games. Okay, let's go play golf. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is going to work. Nobody's going to beat the Dodgers out there unless it's the Padres. Yeah, and I hope that somebody gets to them before they get to the Braves because I'm I'm a little scared of the Padres. Uh, I know that all roads lead to Los Angeles eventually, so uh, somebody's going to have to take them down. But uh, uh, the the scary teams to me are the Dodgers, Padres, and a bit of the Phillies as well. So the Braves can certainly handle them, but uh, we could really use it on a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, the lineup can certainly handle them. It's, yep. it's going to be a question of keeping them keeping them off the board until the lineup can do its thing. Um, yeah. And it, hopefully, you see, the problem that bothers me is we don't have Ozzy. Ozzy's important. Uh, Camargo would just, I don't know, he, he looks lost. I, I have some ideas about yeah. that. Basically, he, he's, he's selling out for fastballs, and when he, when he finds one, it goes a long way. But most of the time, he doesn't find them. And... <laughs> I loved him in 2017. I liked him in 2018, and then boy, it all came apart. And I think Ozzy's energy is important, even if he hits 199, because Ozzy's on the field and he's important. He's the little battery out there in the middle of the infield. With him and Acuna and Swanson's really taking a leadership role this year. The and Riley, boy, he's come on strong. So if Ozzy mm-hmm. can just go out there and be Ozzy then the infield is good. Um, and if we can find somebody else to come off the bench as a left-handed bat, um, then we're really pretty in pretty good shape. And I hope that the chatter is right on Albies that uh, we'll get him back in the next couple of weeks too because that'd be great shot in the arm, no doubt. talking about people who are underperforming <laughs> let's um, get to what seems to be a hot topic on Twitter right now and that's what to do with Ender Enciarte what do we do with Ender Enciarte do we go ahead and uh, say alright let's give Christian Pache a real shot here or do we go ahead and stick with him and and not break up the team chemistry or, or anything else here What what what's your thoughts on that Fred well I, you know here here's the thing if they were going to play Pache, they'd have played him. Okay, he's been up with the team. He was there. He was. He played. He shows he's got the arm for it. He can't hit less than two hundred. So, if they wanted to play Christian Pache, Christian Pache would be playing. There's a reason. What that reason is beyond me. The flip okay. side of this is somebody said something the other night, and and it and it passed by. And it rang my bell. Do you remember when it when NCRD ran into that wall in center field year before last? And he, he came away from it not moving as quickly as he was before. Yes. And, and there yes. may be something there that we do not know about. 
that is keeping him from doing what he does, and it's the old 70% of you is better than 100% of the guy I'm going to put out there. Of course, we know that's not true with Pache, but it, it may be that that is keeping him there. And if it is that, then let's DL him or IL him and bring up Shebler or Pache or I don't care, but let's get somebody out here who can actually lift the ball when it isn't an accident. He hit that home run, and I thought, man, that's great for him, but the pitcher served him a cookie. He's got probably a, a negative launch angle. Uh, he doesn't hit the ball hard most of the time, and there's it seems like his whole lower half, and this was just something I picked up, but somebody's flipping these comments along, and I well, that's true. And if his lower half is hurt, then he's not going to be able to do those things. And if that's the case, then let's put him on the I.L., and we can't replace him with anybody except somebody from the from the uh, alternate site from uh, Camp Granada. So <laughs> bring up bring up Pache or bring up Shebler or whoever you want to put out there. We we need a left-handed bench bat. Ender is not that. Bless him. I love him. I met him. He's a great guy, but but he's not a, he's not good for us right now. I've been, I went back into some history of our posts related to Ender Enciarte and, you know, I mean, we're, we're all over the place <laughs> with it, but a lot of the things were like, well, uh, should we trade him? Should we, uh, DFA him? Should we, uh, do this? Should do that? There was a post that was, uh, done in July of 2018 entitled, maybe 2017 was the fluke. For Ender Enciarte. In other words, maybe that was his uh, career year. Yep. That turns out to be fairly prescient, I think. Uh, the, the idea that, uh, he was as good as he was going to get then, perhaps. And whether it is injury or just this is what he is, um, the answer is I don't think it's any better. And what I've been advocating for the last year or so is, hey, I know we're waiting on Pache's bat to arrive, but Surely he can do at least do this much, and I, I think you're in the same uh, camp with that, uh, Fred. But I mean, we we've gotten past the the real barrier here. Pache has been added to the 40 man roster. I don't think at this point, if you were to play the rest of the year, it affects his service time. Do we expect that going into 2021 that uh, that Enciarte is really going to be the the guy in center field, or are we going to go ahead and give it to Pache? If so, then let's go ahead and do that. I don't think the Braves will be any worse off. And defensively, I I think you're actually going to be a tick above the Gold Glover. <laughs> the, I, I remember I remember bringing Andrew Jones up and playing him in left field. Yeah, the right field, yeah. and and. Uh, left field because you know they had this other guy in center field who catched the ball pretty well. It's Grissom cat, but but you know I think that they wanted to give Pache another year last year, okay? And yes. I understand that. I think they wanted to make sure that they didn't force him up like they did Swanson, um, and it took uh, Dansby a couple of years to recuperate from that. But I think that time's passed. Pache's up. He's played a little bit for us. He knows everybody. He's got Ronnie there. He's got Ozzy there. Uh, he's got Ozuna there. They're, they've got all sorts of uh, of uh, mentors and friends around there to, to take the load off of him to keep him from uh, tensing up under pressure, which he didn't look like he was going to do to me anyway. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're if you intend to win, if you intend to win, then you've got to IL. IL Ender or DFA him or something and bring up somebody to sit on the bench. And that's either Shebler or Pache. And if you want a, somebody who can play, uh, Shebler's played center field. I don't know how well, but apparently okay. But if, but if you've got Pache down there, unless you just don't want to play him because you don't like the color of his eyes, bring him up and put him there and let him go. What's it going to hurt at this point? We've got two pitchers to win the postseason for us. If if it's going to be that kind of magical year, maybe he's the magic. Well, whether he is or not, uh, I think your best outfield defense would be Duvall in left, Pache center, uh, Ronnie in right. 
Ender, it, it'd be good for a defensive replacement kind of guy if you wanted to do that later in the game or or something, but uh, he's not your bench bat. He's not your regular bat either. You could throw Pache out there and say, hey, look at the guys around you that are in this lineup. You don't have to be the guy who hits. You you yeah. could just have to go out there and do your thing in the field, make sure that the grass is covered, and uh, between the three of you guys, there's not going to be many balls that find grass. So that right there is is a big benefit, and the Braves have this sort of embarrassment of defensive riches as far as that goes. But uh, if that improves your pitching staff, then by golly, let's do that. And then anything he gives you on offense is a bonus, because certainly right, right now you're not getting anything on, much on, on the uh, – I mean, yeah, Ender got an RBI the other day thanks to a Baltimore chop off the plate. I mean, he, he kind of walked into that one. But that's the extent of his offensive uh, production right now, and it's not getting better. And that's a, the unfortunate part. I like the guy, too. I, I think he's been great for us over the last few years. But he's fading, and I, I think we need to move on. Uh, and, yes, you're right. We actually did have that uh, – Precedent set when Andrew Jones was brought up as a 19 year old and, and, uh, thrust into the middle of a, a pennant race in a September call up. And then he went on to perform in the, the World Series in 1996, I guess it was. There's no reason why you can't go ahead and do that with Pache. I, so. I think, I think they bring, you know, I, I would just because of the, what they've done, I would IL Ender because of his legs, and I would do what's going to happen eventually anyway and designate Charlie and bring up Shebler and, and Pache now and say, okay, guys, I've, I've fixed the bench. Ozzy will be back. Let's go win some ball games and yep. go play. Because, you know, Charlie's had seven at-bats, and bless his heart, he's not a good defender anywhere. Okay, he's yeah. you get, he's he's below average everywhere he plays. Everybody loves Charlie. I love what Charlie did for the team, but that year of of hitting everything in a in a clutch situation was the fluke. He's played for seven years. He's always been a utility man. The year he was so good for the Dodgers in postseason, they brought him up the day before the end of the season. <laughs> so, you know, he's not an everyday player. I'm sorry that everybody else thinks that, but he's not. He's a 170 hitter who gets hits because people have not seen him, but in the postseason, they've seen him this year. Yeah. And and it's not going to be that way. I don't know why he's on the roster in the first place. Well, let's do all those things and pray that Cole Hamels actually get, can give us a meaningful inning or two and <laughs> and see if anybody from the alternate site can also show up to, to relieve us of uh, guys like Erlen, Malone, Enoa, or whoever you want to pull out of a hat on a given day. Erlen can go, uh, and, and, you know, I like Tomlin out of the bullpen, but I'm not sure he's that good in postseason. And, cause, you know, a soft tosser's postseason, uh, everybody's better. So, yeah. I, I just think, you know, if I had to keep a soft tosser, uh, I'm sorry, Tommy, uh, go home and see your wife. Um, yeah, because I, you know, go to the alternate site. I don't go knit. I don't care what you do. I wouldn't, uh, have you up there. I'm sure you're a nice guy and you're doing your best, but at times uh, I just don't need that. Uh, yeah, the Braves need one more guy from from Gwinnett to to come to the table. I don't know maybe, who that's maybe that's be, Davidson. But maybe that's Davidson. It'd be nice to see if we can get Tucker Davidson a, a shot. We've been uh, clamoring it, clamoring well, it for it for a while. He pitched he pitched better than Anderson in AAA last year, and the only thing that moved Anderson up was, according to. Uh, Dave's broadcast uh, podcast was he pitched so much better in the simulated games. They were the interleague inter squad games and it moved him past Davidson a little bit. So if it's only a little bit, why isn't Davidson up now? Bingo. He's older. He's got more experience. Uh, he should be able to, to do the same kind of things that Anderson did. So I, and what I are we doing with these old guys that. anyway? I, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I know they got to have a job, but I don't think it should be ours. Yeah, and that's just gets back to your original point about the pattern of how uh, things are going here. It, it's it's band aids and and bailing wire and and duct tape and and let's fill a gap, uh, but not really solve the problem. And that's that's the whole shebang here. Yeah, it's just a it's just a bad it, it's a case of bad planning, bad assumptions. When you make plan, you assume certain things are going to happen. 
but assuming that you're going to have five kids turn out to be five starting pitchers just because you like them as prospects is a bad bad assumption. If you get two of those guys to stick, Soroka and Freed, the rest of them may or may not stick. And that's why you have to have other people on the team, other that they're there that can do the job. You you have the you have the uh, the Urban Santanas when we brought him in, and the uh, the Aaron Harangs when we brought him in. Those guys that come in and say, "Okay, kids, don't worry, I'm going to go out today and save the bullpen. I may lose, but I'm going to stay in there six innings, and the bullpen's going to get a rest." Yeah. And and it just it's just it boggles the mind. Now. We did the minor. In case you didn't see this, our minor league system dropped to number fifteen when Wright graduated. Number fifteen, yep. and the reason for that is once you get past the top six or seven in our list, uh, it's pretty thin. You know, I counted right. today. Our top thirty has got eight guys with a forty future value. Yeah, and a lot of that has has come because of the penalties, and you don't have any international guys coming into the flow. But at the same time, you don't have uh, enough good draftees either, uh, and part of that's been because of the success the Braves have had the last two or three years, drafting low in the first round and second round. But same time, um, you got to have some sort of flow there, or you got to take some of these guys that you're not going to use at the major league level and trade and them, trade them for prospects or something. Yes, uh, I mean I listed like 17 pitchers that could have dealt somewhere. I think that's that's enough um, pitchers to handle AAA, AA, and the majors uh, if they were all pitching well. But obviously we haven't seen those kind of results. So go yeah, do I, something I, to get some value out of them. When the 19 draft was designed to fill the holes in the minor league, they drafted all those senior college players. Right. Okay. Like all those college players. Why? Why do you do that? You do that because your minor league's got a huge hole where the draftees and the international players were supposed to be, but aren't. And so you plug them with people who are the right age, sort of, and the right sort of position group, and you shove them into that position and hope that some of them come good, like Shoemaker, and, and you know, maybe Ball comes good. But there's a reason these guys didn't get drafted. There's a reason they didn't. It's because they're, they're marginal players right now. Now, they may wake up tomorrow morning and be able to hit. They may, you know, like... Uh, uh, that kid from uh, for Cronworth for San Diego, he didn't hit and he didn't hit, but all of a sudden this year he's going to be rookie of the year, and and so someday those kids may do that, but, but AJ Graffinino ain't, yeah. ain't going to do that. And those are guys are few and far between. They really sure. are. Brian Bridges told me one time, by the time you get a college kid, you already know what they are. Yep. You, you, there's no mysteries there, and that's why you, you go for the high upside uh, high school guys as much as you can. Now, this year, of course, was kind of weird and different, and it really didn't uh, benefit the high school guys to even think about signing in a lot of cases. So uh, that that uh, aside, the Braves are still in a hole in the minor league system, and that that's just going to be a problem for years to come. I, as I said at the time, those penalties came down that this was probably a ten-year penalty ultimately. Yeah, so I I think it's going to be a very difficult road to hoe uh, from here, which is yet another reason why they should be cashing in things right now to make sure that they can exercise this window of opportunity to get to the get deep into playoffs into the World Series. Well, you and look out, you look at the uh, Reds picked up Brian Goodwin. Now, Brian Goodwin's not an everyday player, but he does have a 797 OPS this year. He can play all three outfield positions. He's inexpensive. He's a left-handed hitter, uh, and he plays all three outfield positions pretty well. So, you know, emergency happens, you can stick him in center field, no problem. Play him in right field, yes, he's got an arm. Left field's no problem. And he's, he doesn't have a big split. So, he doesn't cost anything. He's a player to be named later in a little cash. And you put him on the bench and say, Brian, we're going to extend you help with you on a contract here. We're going to keep you here for a few years and just let you be the guy to let us, you know, hold this place down and be our fourth or fifth outfielder. Uh, but no, they didn't, you know, and, and, and the other guys that went out, uh, that Cameron Maven went for a player to be named later. Uh, Jose Martinez went for two players to be named later or cash considerations. And, 
these guys are going, these are the guys that he said he wanted, the bench cats, the bench cat, bench bats, the fourth, fifth outfielders, the guy who come in. Uh, you remember when Raul Labanez was, couldn't fall down and hit the ground and went to the Yankees and won a World Series? I mean, <laughs> yes. you, you, you get guys like that as long as you don't pay them like they're superstars the next year, like the Giants do. You have to, you understand that, but you have to go out and get those guys. The team was let down when he did nothing but Tommy Malone. Snickers, yeah. Snickers disapproval ripples throughout that clubhouse. I can't understand why they didn't do at least somebody to, to shore up the infield situation, too, because I, while I can understand not going after Brian Goodwin, perhaps because they got enough outfielders, I can't understand why they didn't uh, get somebody to uh, help out in the infield, because at that point, we really didn't know what uh, Ozzy's status was. I think there there's some hope that they can get something out of him at I tried the end to spend of the year, at the but, store the other day, and they wouldn't take it. Yeah, that's the trick. You can't go into October with hope. You have and to go into October with surety and certainty and clarity. So you go pick up Jonathan Scope from from Detroit. I know Detroit's t- theoretically on the fringes of this. Pick somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jonathan Scope, William Flores, Wilmer Flores, uh, Donovan Solano, they're, they're, uh, Jonathan VR. Uh, there, there are players out there like that that are available. You can find that guy. All yep. he has to do is come in and hit two fifty for a month. Sitting uh, here complaining because none of that happened. So, yep. I'm going to stop right there. We we could rant all night, but uh, we could uh, also let everybody else comment on this as as they hear it too. Because this is y'all's podcast as well as it is ours, and we appreciate you listening here. This is the Tomahawk Take podcast, and. We'll bid you good night until next week. This underperforming edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast has been a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are those of the participants alone. No one else would have them. All rights reserved. Some of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. These were pieces by Kevin McLeod entitled Hard Boiled, Zigzag, and Mr. Exposition. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used today come under rights purchased by TomHawkTake.com. Thanks for putting up with us today, and may your bullpen management not have to be second-guessed. See you next inning. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.